can you can you tell me a bit about your background and what key decisions got you to where you are today working uh, with the World Fund? Yeah, my background is that I worked as a journalist the most uh, business time of my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was focusing on venture capital and startups, mm -hmm. mainly inspired by Tim Schumacher, uh, who is my co-founder uh, mm -hmm. at the World Fund now. Yeah. And we met 25 years ago wow. and uh, studied together in Cologne. Mm -hmm. And he was already a serial entrepreneur then, um, very successful. And I was pretty much impressed by a person telling me about an idea. And then like a year later, uh, he has 400 employees and, um, and uh, it's just uh, this power of ideas and, and, and building things. And then he also became an investor into startups quite early um, and did many climate tech investments. And I was inspired by this and by this kind of people and uh, focused as journalist on venture capital and startups. Yeah. Mm. I'm a member of the Green Party for more than 20 years already. So climate crisis, uh, I, was, I was pretty much aware of it. Mm -hmm. um, already for, for a long time, but not as aware as maybe we all should be. And I have to confess that only in 2018 with the Fridays for Future movement and all the young, mainly uh, women mm -hmm. uh, going on the street. And, and, and yeah, I only understood, uh, dig deeper and I understood in what deep trouble we are. Mm -hmm. So in 2018, I was already, I have been already working as journalist. I also have been working for, Angela Merkel, yeah. uh, the, the German chancellor, yeah. I worked for her mm -hmm. from 2012 to 2017. And in 2018, I was already working for Project A Ventures, mm -hmm. uh, who, uh, what is a, the, um, one of the most successful venture capitalists in uh, Europe. Yeah. So I had basically asked myself, how can I contribute best to, to, to help reversing global warming? tackling climate crisis, saving humankind, basically. And um, I knew that being a journalist and, and writing stories mm -hmm. is inspirational, but you are still in a way passive. Yeah. I learned from the politics that even if you deeply understand the consequences of the climate crisis, you can't achieve what's necessary. And I knew the most powerful is entrepreneurs with their brilliant ideas. Yes. And um, yeah, so I decided, thanks to the network I had, I, I saw the huge investment gap in, in, in Europe. Mm -hmm. We decided to, to build the World Fund. Mm. So uh, a few things interest me in that story. And one is that you said it was 2018 that you really started to become more deeply aware of how urgent the climate crisis is. And it was yes. these, what, so was it these protests that actually inspired you? Because it's interesting to see the effect of other climate activists yes. yeah it was greater yeah yeah and all the other young women mainly yeah, yeah. So, so you had your moment of like um going down the rabbit hole and doing a lot exactly. of doing a lot of research i guess and and really seeing the, the the full picture and how just absolutely urgent it is yes yeah yes and and yeah you also i think can't find the words i mean urgent whatever word we use we can't describe what is ahead of us it's just catastrophical not not to compare to anything what has happened to humankind before yeah. and it already started yeah yeah and how do you feel like i know this is something which is it's very daunting to live in the world today and 
to be someone fully aware because many many people mm. are aware about the climate crisis but i think to to different levels you know so it, when when you're fully aware of of the extent of the challenge ahead i guess do you have some things that that help you keep going that make you feel better that give you hope that we can overcome this in some way yes yeah uh, and i can boil it down to two things the one thing is that i know that humankind is brilliant mm -hmm. we have brilliant minds and I'm, I'm lucky to be in a position as an investor to invest in, in into those brilliant founders mm -hmm. who develop technologies um, that can really make a leap and can can make a difference already within this decade and also the next decade so it's possible to reverse global warming before uh, we we reach the tipping points and it's super 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 urgent but i also see these technologies and i see these people and i see how powerful we can with those entrepreneurial ideas um, how we can disrupt so this is something what helps me and gives me more than just hope it gives gives me also a, a way of conviction and the second thing is, um, of course, global warming won't be reversible before we reach 1.5, 1.6 degrees of warming. This means um, that what we have today will accelerate no matter what we do. So that's if, if you read the IPCC report, I didn't read the 4,000 pages, but I read the 43 pages, the summary and some details out of the report. Global warming is not reversible before 2055, something like yeah, to, uh, yeah, 2055. Mm -hmm. um, and what mm, what keeps me still positive is uh, it's a psychologist who said this. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it was an interview about climate anxiety. Even then, most times there won't be catastrophic situations. Even then, and it's important for me, I have children. Even then, they will have days and weeks of wonderful life. Mm -hmm. In between, there will be those disasters <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but in between the dis disasters there will be wonderful sunny days where you enjoy life um that, that's that's really nice yeah I, I i like that it's it's good to 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 keep that in mind right like that mm -hmm. yeah um so can you talk more about this gap that you saw in the market when you had this idea mm -hmm. to start the world fund what what exactly so you invest in in european climate tech startups yeah. what what was missing in the european market yeah um, capital <laughs> um, <laughs> capital very easy <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the reason behind why it's missing i mean basically maybe it's not true we have capital like crazy in europe we are rich we have mm. 11 trillion uh euros assets under management and only oh point zero one eight percent is invested into venture capital mm. and only 10% of it into climate tech. So, um, oh, no. yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. To put it more concrete, last year, we've been all very happy about uh, the, that, that the amount invested into European startups tripled mm -hmm. from, from 40 um, US dollars, uh, 40 million, uh, sorry, 40 billion US dollars to 120 billion US dollars. Mm -hmm. uh, it's numbers from the Atomico um, state of the European uh, tech yeah um study and then uh you we have numbers from the clean tech group mm -hmm. what's a very strong think tank from brussels um and they uh, are also happy and they say look 
investments into climate tech have doubled, more than doubled from 4.8 billion to 11 billion euros. So um, you see that it's only a tenth what is invested into climate tech and it only doubled, not tripled. Mm -hmm. So um, the trend is, is positive, but still um, the gap is huge. Another number, um, a study conducted by the Deutsche Energieagentur, German Energy Agency, was yeah. part of the Ministry for um, Economy and Climate. Mm -hmm. um, the, the gap is quantified solely for Germany per year. So venture capital needed for climate tech startup, startups per year only in Germany, 22.7 billion euros per year until 2030. So when we raise a fund of 350 million as yeah. world fund, um, it's just, uh, as we say in Germany, a drop on the hot stone. <laughs> um, yeah, so the gap is huge. And, but the tech there and the founders still, they are there. Um, so what we do in Europe to, to tell a positive story is we invest like crazy into climate tech R&D. Mm. We invest on an EU level. Yeah. So there's a program called Horizon Europe. And until 2027, we will invest 33.4 billion euros into climate tech R&D. A third of all institutions and universities who are relevant for climate tech are in Europe. Wow. 28% of all the patent applications in climate tech are European applications. And we have most climate tech startups. <laughs> we have, if we only look at the energy startups, Mm -hmm. uh, last year, 363 startups were founded in Europe mm -hmm. and 243 in the US. So it's we are leading in, in, in all terms, but then we don't invest in those technologies that could become the most valuable companies of the world. Mm -hmm. This is this is very interesting because I have spoken to climate tech entrepreneurs and um, I've heard from all of them that their biggest challenge is, is money. And, you know, the, their biggest challenge is actually just finding the funds to grow their business. And it's very, very hard to scale and grow to a point where you can sell cheap enough if you don't have a really considerable amount of investment. So they say that they're, you know, they hope that they're going to, a big corporation maybe will buy them out. But for many of them, like this idea that I can actually grow and scale and become a big multinational company is is kind of extremely challenging. And I did hear yes. someone say specifically in Europe, and it's very interesting that Europe is actually producing a lot of entrepreneurs and startups, but, but it doesn't ha seem to have the same investment capital culture as the US. Um, because yes. I, I've heard some say, oh, actually in the US, they're, they're, they do seem to invest more in larger amounts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. yeah I can if you want to know the reasons behind why European VC is hesitant to invest into climate tech, there are mainly three reasons. The one reason is, yes, we have smaller funds and climate tech, especially when it's deep tech and hardware related, needs more capital. Yeah. So our funds are too small in the US, the funds. We, we're talking about different numbers. You can really always put a zero behind the number in the US always and I mean, with the 350 million euros uh, that we are raising as, as funds, I can impress people in Europe and they say we are crazy. In the US, it's like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So that's the first reason. Second reason is also that uh, climate tech, especially when it's tech connected and hardware related, it needs more time to um, accelerate. So usually you don't have the traction after one or two or three years, like a, an e-commerce platform that already can generate some revenue and maybe even some profit, um, you need more time. And uh, the third thing is um, our VCs in Europe, uh, the investment teams consist of purely business knowing people or like they usually don't understand the tech behind. And when you have climate tech, you usually need a physicist, chemist, a chemical engineer, mechanical engineer to really understand the tech to compare it to the competitors and yeah. to be able to decide what is the winning team. Mm. So that's also why we at the World Fund have built a team that consists nearly purely out of those scientists. They all have the venture capital background, investment background, yeah. but they are chemical engineers, mechanical engineers. We have a nuclear physicist, a physicist, a chemist, mathematician. So um, yeah, that's basically we did the research and built the fund so that we can invest into those climate tech companies. Mm -hmm. And what, what sort of companies do you like to invest in? Into those companies who can save at least 100 megatons CO2 or equivalent emissions per year. So we call it the CPP. It's the climate performance potential that we assess every time. It's the first thing we do before we um, dig deeper into a startup, into a team of founders. So what will help us to reverse global warming? It's this one thing, it's to reduce the concentration of greenhouse gases in our atmosphere. Yeah. And when we get to, to this, we tackle also, we, we have much more impact because an accelerating climate crisis is also um, bad for women rights. It has negative social impacts. It has negative health impacts. It has negative educational impacts. So we decided to focus really on this one thing to reduce the greenhouse gas uh, emissions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's powerful climate tech there that can really make a leap already in this decade yeah. uh, and save more than 100 megatons. Yeah, I can give you some examples if you want. So yeah. this is something we are excited about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shall I? Um, do, you, do you have, yeah, do you have any examples of uh, a couple of companies that you've invested in recently that you think could really yeah. make a difference? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud uh, of, for example, Juicy Marbles. That's mm -hmm. a... Um, company from Slovenia that has developed a steak, filet mignon, uh, what is purely plant-based. So it has the texture of meat. It's bloody like meat. It's, yeah. um, you can grill it like meat Amazing. and it tastes like meat and it is, it is healthier. It's made of fermented soya. Mm -hmm. And it's addressing, uh, since, since February, it's on the market. So you can, you can order the steaks. Um, it's, we are addressing meat eaters. So we won't make a leap if we get vegans to eat those kind of steaks. Yeah. So it's really those mainly men who really like to grill. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if, if we can get those people to start eating basically fermented soya, yes. of course, it's, it's really cool looking and wonderful tasting steaks, yeah. um, then, then we have a leap. Mm. Another example is co-op company, mm -hmm. a female-led uh, team um, spin-off of the Technical University in Munich. Uh, they have produced something what is um, basically the cocoa bean. It's the ingredients of the cocoa bean and um, producers of chocolate or anything else that uses cocoa can use this instead of um, cutting down rainforests, planting 
in monocultures, uh, cocoa trees and letting children harvest uh, the cocoa. Now Nestle and the other companies have an alternative that is cheaper. You don't have to ship. And um, yeah, this is something we hope will help uh, also to uh, stop those companies uh, cut down rainforests. Mm, yeah, tra transform an, an industry that is struggling. exactly yeah yeah yeah. Mm. I have and, many more examples. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> you can you can send me some more afterwards. Um, yes. But uh, I wanted to ask, what is your investment style? Are you a hands-off investment? You know, investor, or do you invest in a company and then aim to have some sort of a contract where you, where you, where you help them, or partner with them in different ways? Yeah, yeah, we help them a lot, but it's not uh, a operational support. Um, like, like, uh, um, so we are even not allowed to to give this operational support in terms of really going deep into the company. So what we do is. Um, helping with finding the right people if you want to um, uh, staff your team. What we do, of course, is um, support you with also uh, implementing your ESG. So we are uh, leading, I can, yeah. I can really say we are as World Fund mm -hmm. leading in terms of ESG in Europe. So yeah. on, on Prequin, uh, it's a platform that compares funds yeah. and uh, among 4,000 funds, VC and private equity funds, we are number one. So we also help to implement ESG standards mm -hmm. within our ventures. Yeah. It's very relevant. It's not something like nice to have. It's it's risk um, reducing and it's it's uh, increasing the probability of your startup to be successful, to be a, become a successful company. Um, yeah, and we of course help with uh, our network of investors to, to get next rounds. And this is maybe also something very important. We have deeper pockets than, than other yeah. Uh, VCs, what's super relevant when you need a follow-on round, and we can yeah. reserve up to 30 million euros per investment per company to to make sure it gets uh, to the point of yeah, generating revenue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can see that making a huge difference actually in being the difference between make or break for you mm -hmm. know for a company that you may invest in is being able to get that second round um, fast enough to help them keep growing. So yeah, that's great. Exactly. Um, so uh, I have a question about the the situation in Ukraine and mm -hmm. the the energy crisis and the way mm -hmm. governments have responded. Now mm -hmm. saying you know we're we're going to ramp up our investment in renewables and alternative mm -hmm. gas suppliers mm -hmm. and we want to completely get off of Russian gas. Has that changed anything about the companies that you? that you want to invest in? Are you now looking at um, aligning maybe some of your investment goals with these government decisions? And are you looking more at the energy sector or? or... Yeah, we are looking a lot at the energy sector. The, the two examples I, I mentioned were out of the food mm -hmm. and, and agriculture sector. Yeah. Um, but we, are, we also did uh, energy uh, tech investments. So this is mainly the two sectors uh, where we invest because the, the, the emissions where we generate as humankind is mainly in the energy and the food agriculture sector. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, it, it, it has an impact in terms of that. Um, I'm, I'm in close touch with um, German ministries and um, also due to uh, having been working five years for Angela Merkel, I have some 
contacts here and um, they also need some advice um, in, in terms of to understand the startup and climate tech ecosystem much better and i'm super happy to be in a position to um, give advice explain and so they they also want to redirect um, capital so that there's a future fund uh, in, in germany that will increase from 10 billion to 30 billion um, assets under management and that will be invested into startups and uh, with also a strong focus on, on climate impact. So, and so of course, energy plays a huge role here and the uh, development over the last uh, weeks and months in the Ukraine and Russia yeah. Yeah. have accelerated this. Mm. Um, where do you see the biggest potential for, for growth in clean tech right now? Do you see any markets that you think, yes, I, I think these particular markets within the next 10 years are going to be the, the fastest growing, fastest growing sectors? Yes, um, many markets. So the one I think is obvious is energy. We will, our energy consumption will increase. Mm -hmm. It will until 2050, uh, it will at least double. Um, and we have to get rid of oil and gas faster than we are now planning this to happen so of course there's a huge opportunity for everything what is renewable energy uh, increase efficiency then there's a huge potential in the agriculture sector to, in regenerative farming so how we do how we do farming today mm -hmm. is basically um, releasing carbon to the atmosphere mm -hmm. what's not happening if you let things grow as they did before humankind started to plug and um, yeah so there, there's a huge market um, and then also um sounds a bit strange but biodiversity is a huge market we'll recognize more and more that um, um biodiversity is it's basically it's it's life it's it's it's, uh, it's only starting to come to the attention of people that even if we tackled the climate crisis, um, we could extinct, go extinct uh, if, if biodiversity breaks down. Mm -hmm. So um, this is also something we have to um, yeah, save. And, and when we, for example, plant trees or remove carbon, uh, we have to take care that it happens in, in a way. How Ecosia, for example, does it, the tree planting mm -hmm. uh, company, the biggest search engine of Europe that is investing into tree planting, they um basically build up biodiversity and, and forests uh and not planting trees in a monocultural way mm. so um who who would you like to receive a pitch from as, oh well i actually i wanted to ask mm -hmm. you how many investments do you make in a year how many and how many applications do you get it's just just to see the ratio of yes you know, yeah rate. yeah 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 and here you also uh, see the gap. So uh, since our launch, PR launch in end of October, we have received 1,500 applications. So it's around four months ago now, no, five months ago. So we received something like between 200 and 400 applications per month. Yeah. And we invest per year, we'll do 10 investments. So we are planning to invest uh, in 40 companies uh, throughout the next, yeah throughout four years so one year is already yeah. uh, over uh, we have done six investments so i guess we'll do 
30, 55 more. Mm. Wow. <laughs> mm. That is really something. It just, yeah, like you said, it just does show the gap. And I, I hope that there'll be many mm. more companies like World Fund yes. coming, you know, springing up within Europe to, to help fill that gap. And, you know, hopefully you, you guys will be able to be a leader and, um, share, yeah. share share your knowledge with, with, with other investors and help them exactly. to, to jump on board as well. Maybe I can tell you two things here. The one yeah. thing is that we share everything we, uh, we, we learned mm -hmm. um, in, in, on our webpage. We have our thesis online. We have our analysis online. We have also the CPP assessment, how we uh, assess the product performance potential uh, of startups. We, we wrote about it and have everything transparent online. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is also um, that our goal is to suck in not only the, the climate tech venture capital into climate tech companies, but also the traditional venture capital. Yes. Uh, and, and it works um, because, I mean, my team consists of uh, most successful investors. I'm, I'm very proud and happy about that. So Tim Schumacher, as mentioned, is my co-founder. He was awarded best male investor in 2020. Oh. Daria Saharova uh, was uh, awarded as female investor in 2020 by the German Startup uh, Award Association, uh, German Startup Association. Um, Craig Douglas, our fourth partner, is in the climate tech uh, space already for 15 years. And they all have a huge track record. So we have been, we've done more than 70 investments. And on average, the multiple is 8.9. So uh, within 10 years, we have like nine-folded the value of our companies on average. So we really have shown that we can make money out of money. <laughs> nice. um, so, so that's something what's super important to get the traditional investors on board because they see, okay, they, they're not people who just want to save humankind. They know how to use this as an investment opportunity, as, as macabre as it sounds. And so... The investments we've done so far in core, for example, we have co-invested with Cherry Ventures, was a traditional VC in, uh, in, in Berlin, also super successful. Uh, we have uh, invested in Coa and Juicy Models, uh, both by Combinator companies. Um, then we have invested in SpaceForge with, I'll tell you more about SpaceForge maybe later. Also, it's leading space uh, investors, but also traditional investors. So we want to get as much capital into the climate tech space as possible to, as I said in the beginning, we have capital, we have it. We just only invested too much into solutions that solve problems that doesn't exist. We have to invest in solutions that solve problems that really are. Really are, problems. yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that's great. So yeah, that's, uh, so, so you've, you've nine x investment funds yeah. so far, that, that's fantastic. Yes. So, yeah. So then the investments we have done on average, the companies have um, nine, nine folded. Uh, nine folded. In, yeah. 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 In, in, yeah. yeah on, on 10 years. Uh, yeah. And why, why uh, traditional, traditional VCs uh, co-invest with us is also that the, we are able to do this that tech DD. What I mentioned earlier, uh, traditional VCs don't invest in climate tech quite often because they don't understand. They don't have the physicists, the chemists, the nuclear physicists, the chemical engineers. We have them. And when we decide with our track record to go in and ask our friends from the traditional venture capital companies, mm -hmm. uh, then they co-invest with us. Oh, that, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it really does require a, a rethinking of the way 
you know, investment companies have traditionally operated because, you know, now you, you need people, like you said, who are the scientists, the engineers, um, who, who actually understand what it is that they're looking at and can, and can make a, a really solid judgment. So yeah, I guess hopefully we're going to see more of that and more of these people being employed by, by traditional investment companies. And uh, yes. it, it, it is encouraging though to see the, the, the level of investment is, is growing and I hope that will really continue and ramp up in coming years. So a couple of personal questions uh, before we wrap up. If you had a magic wand and you could change one sector to make it at zero, what would it be? Agriculture, because we would immediately absorb all emissions humankind emits. Um, yeah, I, I think it's 60 gigatons mm -hmm. of carbon mm -hmm. that uh, our soil, topsoil, is able to save and was always uh, saving mm -hmm. before we started to plug and do farming as we do it today. Uh, so this would immediately absorb all the emissions humankind uh, makes in, in, in industry and transportation, etc. So soil, you said, to change the... Yeah, agriculture. The way we do agriculture, uh, just agriculture. Um, let's go back to regenerative farming and then, uh, yeah, topsoil will save automatically carbon uh, in the amount of all the emissions we as humankind do. Wow, that's amazing. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that's a wonderful film. Also, um, came out two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. Kiss the ground, I think. In, I think it's on Netflix. Very impressive. Very cool. beautiful. Also, yeah. oh, I'll definitely check it out. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so, if you could teleport yourself into your future ten years down the line, where would you be? What would you be doing? If you know, you were you were you had a magic wand and you could be anywhere in ten years' time, what would you be doing? Where would you be? years um, definitely someone who has built with a incredible team a fund that serves as a role model because it's solving real problems obviously reversing helping to reverse uh, uh, global warming and being a role model for a hundred other world funds so this would be like to, to be copied with a model that really has proven to work financially and um, in terms of climate returns, as we call it, that would be awesome. That would make me proud. Mm -hmm. And who are your role models? Mm. Do, you, do, you have uh, any, do you have any that you are now looking to that are inspiring you yeah. in what you're yeah. doing? It could even be a yeah. book or not you know not even someone you know personally or or could be someone you know but yeah i can definitely name two the second one will be maybe um, someone where you say okay again a man who likes this man but however but the first person is maya grippe maya grippe she's um uh in germany uh she was advising for many years the german government in terms of the consequences of climate crisis mm -hmm. she wrote books about um, how we have to change our minds and uh, how we have to change to tackle the climate crisis and she's just a super positive person and i know how much like she's a very self-confident woman mm -hmm. she's just impressive she can 
talk, she can impress, and she's and this for she also receives hate from old men. So it's it's not fair to to say it like this, but it's yeah. really she has to fight with uh, enemy that is just because she's a strong woman, mm. and she's really impressive, and she's staying, keeping, being optimistic, um, and she's just inspiring every time I listen to her. Mm-hmm. And, and and I'm so happy that the book she wrote was bestseller for many weeks, number one in Germany last year. Yeah. So thinking our world new, die Welt neu denken. Um, and I met her personally, and and um, uh, my my admiration even increased. So this is a role model, Maya Rüpel. And the other one, I'm sorry, yes, um, as difficult as this person is, and and many people don't like him. It's Elon Musk. He has transformed an industry, and I know it. I'm in Germany. Mm-hmm. I know car makers. I was working for Angela Merkel. I know how hard they were trying to avoid electrification of the car industry. I know how strong they lobbied. And I know that um, they played this game for more than 30 years, successful. And then an entrepreneur came. Of course, it's not only Elon Musk, Mm -hmm. but he disrupted. And now his company is worth five times more than all the German car makers combined. Mm -hmm. He's kicking asses. Mm -hmm. So this is the, 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 the kind of entrepreneurs um, I would like to invest in it's it's a lot of female entrepreneurs who also have this kick-ass mentality mm-hmm. and it's also uh, this Elon Musk type of people and this is what will what the only thing that will save us I fear I, I learned in journalism that storytelling is strong but it's not active I learned in that politics is a lot of talking no walking but entrepreneurs like Elon Musk are walking yeah yeah no I, I i agree and that's that's why i love doing what i do and actually speaking to these mm. people <laughs> yeah. and sharing the news of yeah all the incredible things that that they're doing it has to be businesses ultimately which turn a profit which mm. have longevity you know that, that are going to create change change our societies yeah um final question do you have a favorite motto or quote Favorite motto or quote? Many come to mind now. Yeah. Um, but maybe just do things. I don't know it's, if it's a motto, but just do things. Don't listen to people who say it won't work. You will only know when you have tried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, that's a good one for the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial world (laughs) i was also told uh with the world fund um this won't work i mean you've been journalist daniel you've been working for angela merkel now you're raising uh, the biggest climate tech we see in europe forget it you're a dreamer oh yeah one one person even told me uh when when uh, only weeks ago who was my uh however who was my boss at a company i worked for Mm -hmm. and he said you know what daniel i would never have expected that something comes out of you because you've been always a dreamer and I was like okay think about this sentence maybe because I'm a dreamer and um yeah also the other thing is um people told us I mean we did a pre-closing that's something very unique um you usually as a venture capital fund have a first closing then you invest and you have a year later a final closing but we knew if we want to raise 350 million as a first-time fund we need a portfolio Otherwise, um, those institutional investors who can invest 10, 20, 30 million 
and we need them to achieve 350 million, they won't invest. So we need a portfolio. And we decided to do a pre-closing and ask investors to give us money before the first closing so that we can build a portfolio and allow those who enter then the first closing to enter for the same conditions. Although, so basically we asked the pre-closers to take risk earlier, mm. not to take any interest rates from those who come later. And also if we have up rounds and we have an up round, huge up round within our portfolio, so it's already worth um, on average 1.x more uh, than, than initially. So we, we're ready. So now we have super attractive conditions and everybody told us nobody will give you money uh, going early into risk. And we had more than 150 investors who in a pre-closing gave us 100 million. And now we are very close to close another 100 million yeah. at the first closing. So things work don't listen to people who yeah just do yeah yeah who, who's who say that it can't be done uh, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely shows that yeah disruption is possible and change is possible they just have to be cleverly done right to give people confidence that it can work and i guess you had the right minds the right experience the right collection of people that could give people that, that sort of confidence Yes, it's the, it's the team, exactly. I told yeah. you about Tim and Daria and Craig, yeah. and they are, um, <laughs> they are assets as I am. So yeah. we, as a complementary team, I think we, we make the World Fund um, where it is, and the team of eight, uh, what I also told you about, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty proud, yeah.